You have arrived at your destination. I do this funny thing. It's oh, yeah. really funny. Okay. <laughs> I like funny things. What's funny? I, uh, well, it's actually kind of mean <laughs> if I really think about it. Okay. But I'll walk into a room and normally it's friends, yeah. right? Uh huh. And I'll just pick a weird random nickname to call somebody. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I did it with, uh, our, our old buddy, uh, Jake once. Yeah. And I, I want to say I called him like Brianna. Okay. And he was like, why, why, are you, why are you calling me that? You know, it was that, it was that, because I was just thinking like, <laughs> what are you doing? What if why we started this e- episode and I was like, cool, what's up, big bird? <laughs> okay. And like, it's doesn't mean anything. Yeah. There's nothing behind it. No, it doesn't just connect to anything. The first thing my thought, of, thought yeah. of was big bird. Sure. But that automatically puts you in a position where like, now I'm big bird for wh- some reason. But why I'm am I, not, why not, am I big bird? Why, why is he calling me big bird? Yeah. Like, big bird is, is, is tall and weird, has a big beak. <laughs> He's got a bulbous bottom. Yeah. Like, why are you call- like? Clearly, it's because of my bulbous bottom. And it goes, but in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> normally I don't think like I'm doing this to to put mean thoughts. Yeah. Into, but you could do that. But you realize that it's mean after you do it. Yeah. yeah. But you could you could do that. You could put things you could put, in people's you could, heads. Yeah. Exactly. People start yeah. anal- overanalyzing. Isn't motive? Themselves. Isn't motive an important element it, it, of life? It can be. It can be. It depends on who you listen to. Uh, welcome everybody to the Common Creatives Podcast. My name is Will, the Doctor, and, and uh, I'm Joe, the Maestro. That's and the Maestro right there, as Big Bird, the Doctor. It's <laughs> I'm Doctor Big Bird. All right, this is Doctor Big Bird. And uh, we got a fun topic today. Before we get into the fun topic, though, I do yeah. have this that I want to say. Oh. We did get a couple of emails. I don't know if you know this. No. I, I don't, don't think you've checked it. I don't even know the password. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's funny because uh, um, uh, you you it, you probably do know the password. Oh, it's, it's, my, it's you it's, used my password. I used your password, yeah. I, um, I, use like, I, use, I have like a couple passwords. A couple passwords. I've had for the last 15 years. Yeah, so uh, we did get a couple of emails from... Uh, one, was, one email was signed quote a fan was who it was it was from my father um he he sent it in um and then we got another email that was from kendra so lots our 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 global audience has responded have we had anyone Um, like leave like reviews or anything you know there was a review i don't have it pulled up um that's okay but i'm not going to take the time to there is a review on there we'll read it on an upcoming episode uh, you can go read it yourself. This is actually a good space to say, if you're listening to this at all, go leave us a review. Yeah. I, I, you know, most podcasts will say, go and leave that sweet five-star review. I actually kind of don't give a shit. You leave whatever review you feel in your heart of hearts. The fact that you took 15 minutes out of your, or 15 seconds out of your day to even say this podcast is garbage would make me happy. So I'm yeah. completely fine with that. Uh, the last review we got was yeah. uh, the the subject was fun stuff. Okay, five stars. All right, these guys are smarter than they look. Oh. Well worth spending time with them. Oh, and that was from Toby forty five. Oh, thanks, Toby. Fun stuff. That's your dad. <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> yeah, who's Toby forty five? I don't know. T o b b b y forty five. 
Okay. Yeah. I bet that's my dad. Thanks. Nevertheless, Thanks, Uncle uh, Stu. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, my dad did email in. Um, so first of all, Kendra emailed in and said we need to do a Golden Girls episode. And so I said, okay, I'll add that to the list. It was funny. I got a, one tiny little funny story about the Golden Girls. Please feel free. All right. One night, I'm hanging out with the pups, right? Sure. I'm in the living room. Tiff's yeah. off doing something else. Uh-huh. And... I'm watching the Golden Girls yeah. on a streaming platform, so uh-huh. it just keeps playing episode after episode. Yeah, it does. And then every time it starts, I sing with Thank it. you for being a friend. Yeah. Driving down the boat and back down again. Um, but I, I, I kind of make, sure. make up my own words. Yeah. And uh, she filmed me doing that once, <laughs> genuinely singing. <laughs> like, I wasn't performing yeah. for anyone you except for know. myself. Uh-huh. And she sent it to all the guys at work. <laughs> That's great. And the next day, I got oh my god Duncan coming into work saying something. Can I, I please remember. get a copy of that if you still have it? Because I probably need. Actually, it she she it. has a well over however many thousand videos. Okay, and her so phone's locked up. Who knows? Okay, <laughs> great. Um, also, our good buddy, um, our good longtime friend, Toby. We, we both Toby. <laughs> we both been friends with him longer than we've been friends with one another. Uh, is uh, James, our good old buddy James. Uh, did say on our Facebook that we need to do a Star Wars episode. Absolutely. And so we absolutely do. I responded and said we do, but we just haven't got that. Have you seen the new Star Wars yet? It. I haven't. No, I need to see it before we do the episode. I have so many things to say. Okay, we'll do that soon. Yeah. Um, and then finally, my um, the dad the dad email that I got said that we need to do a movie that's been sweeping the nation and have critics hailing, which is Cats. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I've, I've heard a lot about Cats, but I haven't. I've seen heard it. a lot about Cats. So. I've heard a lot about the the unfinished sure. uh, computer graphics. Yes, um, and I get that nobody asked for it. Yeah, nobody wants. And this. I get that the uncanny valley is a real thing. It is, and it can be really off putting. Look at the Polar Express. But, but okay, <laughs> there's no way this movie is what yeah. it's been. Right. Well, thing. and this is one thing that I've heard is that people actually might start going to see it because they hear it's so bad. Right, sure. it's almost come full circle where it's like you hear it so bad that yeah. you're like, I gotta see this thing. When Whatever I was growing is. up, my mom was uh, Cats and Phantom of the Opera were right. the two the two yeah. cassettes we took on trips. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I heard it was coming out and I saw the first trailer, I thought it was a little weird and off putting, but at yeah. the same time, I was excited to see what yeah. they were gonna do with it. Did you go see it? I haven't yet. No. Okay, I haven't either. Um, but I would like to see it. Well, and if we, if we I, both go see it, there you go. At the same time, though, from people who I uh, trust their yeah. opinion, some mm-hmm. people in the film industry who yeah. typically won't, there's this whole thing about, like, if you've ever made a movie or worked on a movie, sure, you know how hard it is to of make course. something yeah. not only good or great, but coherent. Yeah. So yeah. I would never rate a movie one star. I would never I would never go on IMDb and one star give a movie one star out of 10 yeah. unless I found it so offensive that I'm trying to harm that movie. Yeah, sure. If yeah. it was something hateful or sure, something. Sure, yeah, of course. But if it's just something that's not my cup of tea, I'm not going to go under like They're trying. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. I'm not going to go under like a 3. Sure. They're trying and it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um so all that being said, I kind of want to see cats. Yeah. And I've actually heard that it is as bad as people say it yes. is. Yes. And I've actually I've also heard that it's great. Okay. But great from like people who like 
aren't critics who are just like yeah getting in there and living with these cats and laughing it. at the silly that's jokes. Interesting. See, I've never seen any version or listened to any version Memory. of Cats the musical. I know that, okay. but that's it. Uh, and I don't, I don't know anything about the story, anything yeah. at all. So we might have to do that. We might have to do that. I think Golden Girls uh, would be interesting. That's having a resurgence right now. Yeah. Um, and then Star Wars is a, is I've a no-brainer. A lot, I've seen a lot of Golden Girls. Yeah, I have now. Uh, I hadn't before, but I have now. Yeah. Uh, so that's not what we're talking about today, though. I did want to mention that stuff. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do some episodes about that stuff. Today we are talking about something that is going to be, for me, very nostalgic yeah. in, some, in some ways. Um, sure. And in other um, ways, not. But nevertheless, we're talking about an artist yeah. that is deeply ingrained in both of our lives. I think. absolutely, yeah. Uh, and that's Mr. Tom DeLong. Mr. Tom DeLong, um, the I'm, guitarist I'm, from Blink One Eighty Two. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to premise this okay. episode. Sure, we both liked Tom DeLong. We both liked Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, and all the other bands surrounding them, like uh, yeah, uh, you know your Green Days and yes, and then. Later on, you're taking back Sundays. Yeah, My Chemical Romance. We need to do a My Chem episode. We do. Yeah, we I, do. They just did a reunion show. Yeah, and uh, I was watching their performance and I teared up. And oh, I'm like, oh, that. there's something in me that's like, yeah, attached to that. Of course, band. yeah. But growing up, being in high school, I was probably 13. We were probably 13 or 14 when yeah. they start. They started to kind of do their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or when we noticed. Yeah. Um, Cause they'd been around since like the late nineties. Yeah. And I think we were both in a position where when you're that age, you're trying to find an identity. Uh huh. Definitely. And for me, I, for whatever reason, I don't know why <laughs> I clung to this man. I remember this. He was, he was, he was your guy through and through, man. At the time, he definitely was. At the time, if I could have changed myself to look like him, I probably yeah. would have. Sure, yeah. That's weird. But I was a kid. It is weird, but you're a kid, and kids do weird things and yeah. think weird things and all this stuff. I totally understand it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've had people that I've been like that with too, right? Um, I think I've had, I think I had more of them across that same time period, right? So I was very yeah. into Nirvana for a while. Yeah. And I just want to be Kurt Cobain really bad. I was very into uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Still am. Want to be yeah. Reese Roper, worse than anything in the world. Um, yeah. So there have been some people, right? Sure. But yeah, I definitely remember that yeah. with you about Tom DeLonge. I don't know. For I sure. don't know why. Or don't what know why, it was. even in retrospect. No. Yeah. Um, you know the the only thing I could think is that like uh, that band represented um, mainstream counterculture for us in mm-hmm. in a way that was like yeah. So. Before we get into too much, like sure. the th- the thing to understand is that there have been some bands that have done a lot for pop culture, yeah. Um, especially bands in the genre like Green Day, yeah. But for whatever reason, whatever, however the the planets aligned, Blink One Eighty Two, I think, and I would argue, have had, especially for like a ten year period, a greater hold and a greater uh, influence, yeah, on the people, the types of people we hung out with. Um, our scene yeah. than any other band. It was a phenomenon. Yeah. It was phenomena. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. Non singular. Yeah. Phenom- is phenomena that the is multiple. Yeah. Oh. Phenomenon I is one. Learned some. It was you learned a something today. Yeah. I'm an educator. That's why. Um, that's why you come here. To it, it. It got to the point where. Yeah. These guys, for whatever reason, started to blow up. They started wearing dickies, work pants, and work shorts. Oh yeah. Which is what my grandpa wore. Yeah. My grandpa had Dickies. Uh-huh. 
they chose to wear this as a yep. fashion statement. And it was it was definitely brand specific. It was Dickies. Dickies. It wasn't just work pants. No, it was, it was Dickies. Dickies. Yeah. And because of that, yeah. you had people like us yeah. living in armpit Kentucky, yeah. smallest town, one of the smallest towns in the state for in sure. Kentucky, going yeah. to Walmart to buy Dickies. Going to Walmart to buy Dickies. Yeah, because al- they sold them because they're work pants. Right. For sure. And especially like Dickies uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that Walmart sold Dickie shorts, but I remember getting some. I don't know if we ordered them from a magazine. I don't or remember something. how, but we got I, them. We got them because uh, they were lo- they're like below the knee. They're like long shorts. Yeah, and uh, and it was cool at the time too to wear like white like baseball socks, like high yeah high baseball socks and stuff like that with yeah. like low low uh, low cut Chuck Taylors. Low cut Chuck like, Taylors, just Adidas Sambas. Yeah, Adidas Sambas. Um, I never I had a pair of those, but uh, I'm on my eighth. Dude, I've heard they're great. Uh, I was my, always a Chuck's guy, though. So yeah, yeah I'm on my eighth pair. Yeah. Um, so that stuck with you. I was gonna add that was one of the yes. questions. I mean, that's and it's a superficial one, but do you it's, think that being so uh, interested in and yes. into this guy still affects who you are? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's fascinating. And that's it's weird. Yeah, I, it, that I feel weird saying that. No, no, no. Um, I get that, but not to the extent that I look up to him now. Yeah, no. it's to the extent that the types of shoes he wore, yes, meant so much to me as a child. Yeah, that I finally found those shoes. I was the only person in our high school that had those shoes. Right. Yeah. Along with Tom DeLong. True. And then <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then yeah, like man. bands like. Yeah. Uh, You'll you'll see like all time low or yeah, yeah. some some link ripoff type band. Sure, yeah. Sorry, all time low fans. Yeah. I did, I never cared. But they they <laughs> we have a huge all time low fans <laughs> listenership. All time low <laughs> listenership. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, probably yeah. so. Yeah. But uh, to this day, like yeah, when I'm when I'm at at the shoe store. I've yeah. got Sambas, Dude. and I've got classic Adidas. I get it. It would be fine to wear classic Adidas, but sure. to me, the Sambas are elevated. That's it. In yeah. a way that like yeah. I don't feel like I'm wearing some generic shoe. Yeah. My shoe has some sort of purpose. Yeah. Deep down. I actually had a conversation just at work the other day with Brian about like yeah. I'm very specific about well let's just talk about what I got you for Christmas. Let's I got, just do it. I got you a shirt for Christmas. This it's, was the other way I thought about opening the show other than talking about yeah. those emails. Yeah. I'm sitting here in my Christmas present. It's a wearing it right now. John Carpenter's the thing shirt. Hell yeah it is. And for me it's like it kind of started there yeah. where you have like, I'm going to wear a shirt that says Atticus on it or yeah. Macbeth or something, yeah, yeah, something yeah. that I could imagine it's, Tom DeLong or Mark Hoppus or Travis sure. Barker wearing. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't, f- <laughs> I don't feel like I'm unique. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Odd. Well, it is odd. It's odd in the sense that they were selling, you know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of those shirts and lots of, they were huge pop culture phenomena. But, but in our bubble. Yes. But at the same time, in our little school, right, right, most folks weren't into that, yeah. so and it was something to set us apart in our little environment. And to me, looking yeah. for the shirt for you, yeah, there were lots of the thing shirts. Sure, lots of, of. Oh, here's one of yeah. uh yeah. one of the characters doing a thing that uh, says the thing on it, or here's one that just says the thing. Yeah, yeah. In a in an odd font. Yeah. It's but for me, it's like I want the authentic of John course. Carpenter's the thing. Hell yeah. Movie poster shirt. Exactly. And yes. I found it, and yep. uh, quality's not great. No, it's great, but it's still no, it's good. It's still 
I think it's, it sets it apart. There's a there's something related there. There's there a is. there's a connection. So let's let's start with um, <sighs> let's start with what Tom DeLonge is known for because not everyone has the connection that we do to him or to his Blows work my mind. or to yeah I know right. He's the guitarist, one of the original guitarists in Blink One Eighty Two, yep. the pop punk band. Yeah, he's a kind of kind of the founder of the founder. Band. Yeah. yeah, him and Mark Hoppus together, I guess right. He currently is in a band which has. I go to the gym and hear this band. You said you went to our. We go to the same gym. I went you, to the gym today. Did you see Air, Angels, Angels, and, Air, Angels and Airwaves is is playing right? Yeah. Uh, so Angels and Airwaves is his current band. He's also been in a band called Boxcar Racer. Yeah. He's also done Who, who's who's said to be a post hardcore band for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, BS. But they it made was great. one. They made one record and it was phenomenal. He has been a part of a uh, making a film called Love. Which I did never see, yep. but apparently you can watch it on YouTube. He's um, also part of a kind of co-wrote a book called Strange Strange Times. Yes, yes. it's like a YA book about a kid whose dad who whose dad works for like mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the government or the CIA or something goes yeah. missing, yeah. Has to, goes out on an adventure. Yeah, weird weird stuff things happen. Yeah, um, and that's being developed into a feature as well. Okay, interesting. He he also is uh, partial partial owner i think and maybe founder of Macbeth. Macbeth shoes as you were saying and also atticus clothing yeah he owns something else called mod life have you heard about this i have it's yeah. apparently a way to help creators sort of fund or gain revenue streams or something like that yeah. make money with their creations Some, yeah. something mm-hmm. along those lines uh he wrote a children's book called the lonely astronaut on christmas eve have you heard about this no but that track checks out it's a it's a uh, story about a little astronaut who gets uh, who's on the moon for christmas eve and gets visited by aliens to keep him company wow he's written co-written novels so you mentioned strange times he also wrote one called um poet anderson is a thing that shows up it's like yeah. multiple novels that he's written yeah secret machines book now, one i think he, i think he partners with a, a he partners a novelist with, he partners with novelists and he writes music to go along with the books yeah i feel like he's Something more like of that. a he's more of a dictation type yeah. writer yeah where he puts his thoughts onto the and yeah. lets someone else craft the work that was the impression i got yeah, anyway that's what it, i think that's probably accurate. and then and then like he's i an say, idea man Blink-182 is probably his biggest, what he's known for and where he sure. made all his money and everything. But nevertheless, Angels and Airwaves has been successful on their own. And then the other thing that like divides his time at this point is something called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Yes. Uh, and so we'll do some talking about that. Yeah, in a bit. Sure, but we'll start with his musical stuff. Let's um, let's start. Let's just start who with Blink. He is. Okay. Yeah, let's start with Blink. Yeah, for sure. I I've, I have some interesting thoughts uh, retrospectively about Blink. Yeah, let's talk about um, that. Blink. I th- the first Blink I heard. Um, uh-huh. it just isn't cool to say is all the small things. Sure. Yeah. Dude Ranch is the cool answer. Yeah, Dude Damn Ranch it. is. Yeah, those yeah, are the yeah, things that sure. you find sure. after you, you see Blink on MTV. That's what we did. I mean, it yeah. was Enema of the State was the record. Yeah. And that's where we found them. Yeah. And Dude Ranch has a has a very different sound than the rest of the stuff that you hear, right? Different feel. Yeah. Different feel. Mm-hmm. It's 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 dirtier, it's looser, it's yeah. a different drummer. You don't have the the kind of hip hop. Not sophisticated. Yeah. 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 And it's just kind of wild, wild pop punk. Um Yeah. And then uh, the song "Damn It" was off. And the the guitar tone doesn't even sound like Blink. That's true. It's just yeah. there. And I have I I have 
I have you know an why. In, I have an in there. <laughs> and there's a, yeah, there's a whole. Okay, I'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. But um, it's one of those things where you you hear Enema of the State. Yeah. You go back through the back catalogs. You you go to Dude Ranch. You go to their. Yeah. I forget what their first album. Um, Cheshire Cat was before Cheshire Cat. Dude Ranch, and then Buddha was and then Buddha earlier was than that. Yeah. And it's awful. Yeah. Right? yeah it's yeah. it's not good. Uh, no. But if you're a true fan, you enjoy it. You still. enjoy it because of them. So this 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 band, uh, they make this album, Enema of the State. Puts mm-hmm. them puts them on the map. Yep. Uh, it's not just their music that that's being sold. It's 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 their chemistry. It's their personality. It's yep. their dirty mouths. We talked about them in a little bit in our pop music episode. Yeah. Right. It, um, they have the package. Yeah. After sure. Enema of the State, they released an, uh, a live album called The Mark Tom and Travis Show. Yes. And you really get a feel for what their live show was. Yeah. They had a song where they just put to music and it was a really simple little oh as many yeah. curses well it wasn't just any curses is the thing it was george carlin's words you can't say on television i never knew that in the order that george carlin did them so it's george carlin bit they oh. just they just put it to music and i forget what it was called it ends with the words i fucked your mom yeah but that wasn't george carlin but everything else was just the words that george carlin said i never knew that there are that- even words in there that i don't want to say right now so i won't list them but yeah there's, <laughs> there's some bad some, ones yeah. um so <laughs> but it's it's yeah. it's this experience that you're you're viewing and seeing something as a kid that you're not supposed to exactly um because I, they look kid friendly yeah there i had i've had so many experiences with my mother yeah my mother like she my mother's a saint first <laughs> yeah, of all she is um yeah you know uh we were at the the music store the record used, store the record that's store where you would mall. go when we were kids Going through, yeah. I found this VHS, and we've talked about this on a previous episode. Urethra Chronicles. The Urethra Chronicles. Um, it's a VHS of just the band doing what they do. It's They're like on tour footage, tour and footage, all that stuff. Yeah, all yeah. This, uh, interviews, all this kind of stuff. And uh, the the clerk was basically told my mom she didn't need to be buying it for you me. You don't need to get this for your and son. And she, she was just like, "He knows what he wants. Leave me, yeah. leave us alone." It's fine. She got it for us, and we watched yeah. it, and it's it's super vulgar, and and, and we're fine. And we're fine. And we're fine adults. It's um, not a big deal. Yeah. But that kind of started, I think, the obsession with this band is just this idea yeah. of like, yeah. these are our weird, perverse friends, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, she 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 was at work. I got home from school, gave her a call at work. Mom, I just really want their new live album. Could you pick it up at Walmart <laughs> for me? And she did. Yeah. She brought it home, and I listened to it on my, my, my boom box in my room. And yeah, I remember... Did jamming it so loud and then hearing the contents and then like kind of turning it down a little bit but just letting it play all the way through oh yeah loving it so much sure yeah and then i remember having the call with my mom yeah mom i couldn't drive yet you know yeah right i'm home from school called mom so mama blink came out with this new album i was hoping you could pick it up at walmart for me again small town sure yeah she's like sure i'll do that what's it called i'm like it's called take off your pants (laughs) uh and your jacket. <laughs> she said, Did you say that? Oh, yeah. That's so good. And she said, Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. So she's it's like, called Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, <laughs> And she's like, Oh, that's funny. Taking off your pants is funny. Uh huh. It's like, Yeah, that one word changes the meaning for, right, between yeah. my mother and I. That's so funny. Um, Plausible. She brought it home, and there's just this sound. There's yeah. this sound that isn't, and I actually, I don't know why, but I was on. You know, YouTube gives you like these search, uh, these, you might like this video. Yeah, yeah. It may have been something I Googled, maybe looking up stuff on Tom DeLong to talk about for this podcast, but I got this video that said, uh, most underrated 
Blink riffs. Okay. And it pops up to this video, this guy who's got Tom DeLonge's signature guitar. Of course he does. And the camera's just right on the guitar. Yeah. And he's just going through all of the Blink riffs that you remember. Yeah. And you know that warm, fuzzy feeling you get with your first cup of coffee in the morning where yes, you just I feel do. like anything's possible uh, yeah. just for a moment? Yeah. I felt that. Yeah. Hearing those... All of those, all these songs, there's a certain sound to the guitar. There's a certain simplicity to the way that they're put together that's inherently just this band that feels like there are possibilities. Sure. Like, look. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredibly upbeat. And so, I mean, some of this, there's no getting out of the fact that it's just built into our. Yes. You know, lizard brains because of how our organisms were developing when we came into contact with this stuff. No question. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, if you just listen to the music right, you'll get it. No, you kind of have to no, be absolutely not. right place, right time. Uh, but nevertheless, even beyond that, you know, just looking at the, the music itself, there is, I mean, it's clearly this sort of upbeat, energetic, Yeah. using these dirty words and stuff yeah. like this, right? I mean, and especially for us coming out of this very very small rural Kentucky town getting to see this stuff it was like it part of what they represented was us getting contact with some type of world that wasn't our immediate world yes right and that was really life what, outside of what our, our world was and life yeah. into the future and That's life what, into that the feeling future. hearing those those riffs yeah in the guitar tone that was Tom DeLong's yeah as a 33 year old man re- yeah. reminded me of possibilities of course if that makes sense no it totally does and it was it was rebellion but not in the way that was like angry really no it wasn't there's no anger <laughs> there's no anger in it but it was rebellious a little it bit it was rebellious but in but a it was, fun way it was joyous rebellion it was rebellion. joyous rebellion yeah absolutely so where we found them along with all of america was enema the state right yeah so the hits off of that record for people who were around then were what's my age again all the small things adam's song was big oh yeah right adam's song showed sort of depth to them or something yeah. like that you know it was about a friend who killed himself right yeah. it was about um so it was a very serious you know but the song musically i would say is a little bit cheesy like yeah, no, absolutely. You know, sure. uh, I mean, it's a very serious, dark subject matter. But um, so they did that, and then uh, as you were saying, they came out with "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," which that had the songs uh, "Rock Show" was a big one off that, <sighs> yeah. which is a great song. It's a great song, but what's <sighs> even better is that yeah. the first that's the first video that they released, and yeah. that was a time where the video was promotion for like it's being showed on MTV. Oh yeah, it was the summer. You just got out of you it just got out of summer. You know, oh, you just God. got out of like freshman or sophomore year of high school and you pop on MTV first day and you've got these guys yeah running around with however many thousand do- thousands of dollars that the their label gave them to make a music video. Yeah. And they're just spending it on weird stuff. Yeah. And yep. that's rock show. Yep, for sure. And well, it the the whole idea is just like you know these people. Yeah. You do. You know, you're 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 both holding your middle fingers up to the, yeah. to the <laughs> yeah. all the while they're making hundreds uh, of millions of dollars. Yeah, of course. Um so Rock Show was killer. Rock Show talked about like it mentions warp tour in in the song. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it creates this whole thing they, for you. They almost single-handedly um, developed a scene. Yeah. 
Oh know? yeah. All Certainly. the other all the yeah. all the bands, even the bands that like yeah. for example, again, I keep saying Mike Him. Mike Him I and Take Back Sunday yeah. to this day I almost hold dearer to my heart than Blake. Sure, yeah. Oddly, I think because of uh-huh. the, the content and substance of it. Yeah, yeah. Um I get that. But they wouldn't exist without Blink. Mm-mm. Not in the way that they existed. No chance. They wouldn't have had the opportunities they had Absolutely. without Blink. That kind of thing. Uh, so Rock Show was a great song. Another song that was on there um, was Stay Together for the Kids. Do you remember this song? Yeah. This song was the sort of... I remember even at the time thinking... It's the Adam song. This is the Adam song of, of this of this record, right? It's the sort of... so. And in, in retrospect, this is a terrible... Re- Do not stay together for your kids. Like, this no. is... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to stay together, stay together. If do not stay together for children. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a as a successful child of divorce, <laughs> yeah. please just be happy and then treat your children well. But I remember even at the time because my my parents got divorced when I was really really young, and I remember even at the time thinking that's weird that they want these people. Like I was like, I don't really want. I don't know what that yeah. would look like if my parents got back together. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's weird. That's weird, <laughs> Tom DeLong. So they did that, and then I think it was after that the Boxcar Racer came out. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, I think you're right. It was before um, the self-titled record. So Tom goes off to make his own thing. Yeah. Somehow, I think it wasn't. I don't think it originally no. Travis Barker was involved. No. Tom just had these wild ideas that weren't. He wanted to do some stuff that wouldn't have been appropriate within Blink. Yeah. At the time, right? It wasn't funny. It yeah. wasn't about him being a goofball or saying fuck or whatever. Yeah. To me, it was totally successful. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I feel like he was tapping into stuff that he can't do anymore. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that point. Okay. I'm not I'm not, not a fan of Angels and Airwaves. I actually yeah. like them quite a bit. Sure. But there were things with Boxcar that like, I just feel like he can't get there anymore. Interesting. I yeah. feel like there's a disconnect between... Uh, anyway, okay. we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. But long story short, this record was him, another guitarist, and a bass player who I don't know, and then Travis Barker of yeah. Blink, right? And apparently this the, caused the guitarist some, is in Angels. I think. Oh, is he okay? Yeah. And apparently this caused some personal tension between him and Mark Hoppus, who's the bass player of Blink. Yes, uh, at the time because it's basically just Blink with without a different Mark. bass player. Yeah, without Mark, exactly. Um, and I think it was the kind of thing where Travis wasn't initially meant to be in there. Yeah, and then something happened, and he just ended up doing it, and right. so that caused some tension or whatever. But Boxcar was tension between the the greatest bromance in I pop know. punk history. R- uh, yeah, without question. And so, no, I mean to to signal or to reaffirm what you were saying, I think this record was a complete success. It's just yeah. it's so good. Even at the time, I remember loving it. Boxcar, thinking, yeah. Um, Boxcar, like I listened. I've listened recently to Blink nostalgically sure. for fun yeah but boxcar i actually can still digest interesting in a way yeah yeah um that's interesting some blink sure um blink self-title album to me let's get to that yeah is, yeah let's go ahead and get there yeah is is the best thing they ever did okay yeah um, so they come out with a record called blink 182 with no title on it because yeah. all their records enema of the state right dude yeah. ranch is also silly it's got a cow's ass on it um <laughs> The Buddha is just a little Buddha statue. And then they've got Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which is a, a sex joke, yeah. a euphemism, whatever. Um, and then they just call it Blink-182, right? Yeah. Um, this record was more experimental. Mm-hmm. It was less sticking in that pop-punk vein. It had some of those hard-hitting things to it. Yeah. But it was more experimental. I think, inarguably, it was more grown-up 
It was more adult. Um, it came out, I want to say, our senior year of high school. Yeah. And I remember driving around in my old Honda Civic with my <laughs> yeah. six di- six Hell disc yeah. changer. Yeah. Just driving. And that record was just on repeat. I was just playing it over and yeah. over again. Yeah. And thinking like, oh, this is music? Like, you know? Oh, yeah. It expanded um, your notion of what yeah. could be done. So I think it's important to say that this was the last album where you felt blink as what what you th- think of blink it, it was getting more grown up yep um there were there was they they rented slash bought a house and turned it into a yep. studio to make the album yep um there was tension there between the band sure but they were still making this album they released this album and it was really good it was good to this day i still yeah. think it's very good and it was interesting because to some extent i mean with this record and this will probably only mean something to people who were there for it but it was almost and i don't even remember all the i didn't write down the songs off this record i just remember the vibe of them what was it i miss you was that the song miss you yeah voice inside my head yeah right 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 that song still gets played yeah oh for sure and but that song to some extent the scene had started to loop back on itself right because they started sort of mirroring these kind of my chemical romance aesthetics yes right that's an interesting take tim burtony sort of aesthetics and it's like you know you are being inspired by the people that you made it possible for them to be here you know that kind of thing uh but nevertheless it was a great it was an incredible record Really, really good, but apparently growing tension not too long after it, yeah. and then in 2005, Blink breaks up, I, right? I, or uh, takes goes on indefinite hiatus. Indef- yeah, however you we were uh, we were going to uh, Somerset Community College. I remember this vividly. Yeah, keep going. We show up to school. Yeah, to school. It's going basically, to, yeah, high, basically. High, you know, fifth year. People joked style. and called it thirteenth grade. Yeah. yeah. Great experience. Go to Somerset Community yeah. College. Wonderful. Um, we we in high school we played in a band called Nine Ball, which yeah. went on to like actually tour and 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 yeah. become a thing. Yeah. Um, but in high school we were this band Nine Ball that was a three piece like Blink <laughs> oh, Green, Green Day just wannabe a rip, rip off. Yeah. We just wanted to be Blink. Yeah. Mixed with Green Day, mixed with MXPX. Of That's course. what we wanted to be. That was it. Um, and I think we were successful in that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> but there was another band <laughs> that was similarly doing that called yeah. Bad Joke. Yeah. And their bass player, Neil. Yeah. We kind of created a bond over Blink. Yeah. And I remember Neil and I used to talk like we both wanted to be Tom DeLonge <laughs> about as bad as the other. I could see that. We would like compete to see Neil. who had the best, like who yeah. had the longest hair oh, over their like, right get those, eye. Get those sweet ass bangs. Actually, he had his over his left eye and I was like, <laughs> Tom doesn't have his nah, over dog. his left eye. It's that, ain't right where, eye. that ain't where Tom goes. I just was blessed because so I was born funny. with my crown on the left. It's so funny. Those are thoughts I had, Will. I know, dude. Those are thoughts You're I had. You're trying to figure out who you are, Joe. It's fine. Um... <laughs> So he he was going to he was his sophomore year there at the Neil's Neil's college. a good boy he's, he's still a good boy. he's still a good boy. We show up to school and he pulls yeah. up, gets out of his car, and he's like, "Did you hear? Oh, oh my, my! Like God. he's he's genuinely distraught." Yeah, I was sure. like, "No, man, what's going on?" He said, "Blink broke up." Yeah, and it was a big deal. It really was. Like I remember sitting in the cafeteria in the sort of mess hall type area of yeah. somerset community college and talking about it yeah and talking about eating like, our biscuits and gravy yeah. <laughs> right. and talking about like what does this mean was it what are they gonna do why would they do this like yeah. all this kind of stuff the new record's so good why would they you yeah know, it's, it all that was kind very of stuff good. yeah so before we get to their brief reunion oh right yeah well angels and airways happens before that <laughs> yeah angels uh 
let's rewind a little bit. Sure. Because I have some insight into not only the success of Blink, but um, the sound of Blink and the reason Blink stayed together for so long. Okay. And that goes by the name of Jerry Finn. Do you know anything about Jerry Finn? I know the name. <clears throat> Is he a producer? Jerry Finn was a producer. Yeah. He was kind of known for taking these pop punk bands and making something out of them. Yeah. Um, and that started with Green Day with Dookie. Sure. Um, and then after Blink's success with uh, Dude Ranch, he got a hold of Blink. Yeah. And he produced Enemy of the State. Yeah. And um, he was known for set known for his guitar tone. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on Sum 41's uh, All Killer No Filler. Great record. That guitar sounds so crisp and warm. And, it is, yeah. And punchy. Yeah, punchy. And uh, I, I read an re- interview once where one of the guys from Sum 41 was like, Jerry Finn came to see him play. Okay. And before the album came out. And they was like, hey, man, what do you think? And he was like, he was like, yeah, it was good. Your guitar tone is shit. Okay. He's like, we're going to work on that. But uh. you got something here. So I, rem- uh, I read recently that people in the scene, the pop punk producing scene, tried yeah. to capture, tried to duplicate Jerry Finn's guitar tone. So funny. And the way that he got the guitar tone, yeah. and this was before amp emulators. Yeah, yeah. He would play he would hook two amps together. Okay. He would play two amps at the same time, one with the warmth, one with the kind of top end. Huh. Double double mic these amps. Yeah. And that's how he got his tone. Oh, wow. Um, so it was just two amps. <laughs> just two amps. Okay. I mean, you know, he had his way of mic. Well, you sure. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like the, that was the, his, the start of it. That was the trick. So that's huh. one of the biggest differences between Dude Ranch and Enema of the State. Is that. Is not only Travis Barker is the drummer. Of course. That's a big one. He brings a level of sophistication and musicality that's yeah. next level. Yeah. Um, but there is a, a warm, clean yeah. punch to the guitar. Uh-huh. When you think of any of their songs, yeah. you think of that guitar tone. It's the Jerry Finn guitar tone. Interesting. And I even remember watching videos after Enemy of the State came out. We yeah. had this VHS. Yeah. Tom played live with a Mesa Boogie. Yep. Half stack yep. and a Marshall half stack together. Oh, really? Okay. He had them both mic'd up. Yeah. He, he played them together. Yeah. Made me want to get two amps. Of course. I never knew it was Jerry Finn that was doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you listen to Dude Ranch, it's just this muddy mess of distorted guitar. Sure, yeah. So Jerry Finn, I think, arguably, and he, he, you know, he was big on, like, finding the right riff. Yeah. Finding the right lyric. Yeah. Being a real producer. Even tweaking with, you know, songwriting. Yeah picking the right songs sure so jerry finn mark hoppus has been quoted saying jerry finn was the fourth member of blink that's interesting yeah. um so jerry finn's first album with blink was enemy of the state okay his last album was the self-titled <laughs> yeah so all you know all the huge successful um, stuff yeah and uh from what i understand and from the interviews i read yeah there was tension growing with the band for a long time okay mark just wanted to be the biggest band in the world okay tom had lots of interests yes including aliens that and, checks out uh he also kind of wanted to spend more time with his family and all this stuff jerry finn was known as the man who kept the band together really when things got tense he'd find a funny spin on it and bring people back together that's so like to somebody i mean i didn't know any of this i knew i knew the name jerry finn and i knew he was yeah. a producer but that's so like 
kind of disillusioning, right? Sure. Because, I mean, I was sold. I was a consumer of the product of Blink-182. Sure. Which comes with the caveat that, like, Mark and Tom are just best friends. Yeah. Who just love doing this, right? But I mean, but at the same time, I think there's truth to that. There's truth to that. Yeah, sure. But. Yeah. But. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. the best of friends can also just be oil and water. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So, in 2005, I think. Yeah. After Blink's self-titled album came out, Jerry Finn dies. Oh, okay. Of a brain aneurysm followed by a massive heart attack. Oh, wow. Blink breaks up. Yep. So he's the glue. He was the glue. He's the sound. Wow. Um, That's so interesting. It is. Did he work on uh, Boxcar Racer? I think so. Yes. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't think he worked on Angels and Airwaves. Okay, so can we talk about Angels and Airwaves? Let's a do it. Bit? Okay, let's talk about that. So, Angels and Airwaves is something that comes out not too long after. Uh, in 2006 is when their record uh, "We Don't Need to Whisper" comes out, and Angels and Airwaves is just essentially tommed along with other people. Right? It's not. Yeah. There's not with Blink 182. There's three creative forces. All yes. working at the same time, right? It's kind of like the Beatles. There's just everybody's a creative force. Angels and Airwaves is definitely Tom's band with people playing, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I found a quote from, uh, I think it's from MTV.com actually, from before Angels and Airwaves comes out when Tom DeLonge is bragging about the music he's making with Angels and Airwaves. I I remember being uncomfortable when he was making this. When he was making these comments? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the quote says, DeLong's statement mirrors the bombastic... He's talking about something he said. DeLong's statement mirrors the bombastic braggadocio of an earlier statement posted on and since removed from Angels and Airwaves' MySpace page. Of course, MySpace. Which it read in part, quote, I have a new band and it's the most amazing music I've ever made by a long shot. I'm two songs from finishing the best fucking album anybody has heard in 20 years. This is the best music made in decades. <laughs> it's so much more powerful and emotional and melodic than Boxcar and Blink put together that I'm currently shitting my pants. And that is from MTV.com in yeah. 2006. Um, so already he's showing okay. signs of being weird. Yes. <laughs> Um, so here's, here's whether you think that's true or not, that's a strange thing to say. Here's my take on being growing up as the biggest Tom DeLonge fan. Definitely. Definitely. I was so amped for angels and airwaves. Yeah. And when the album dropped, (laughs) yeah, I didn't dislike it. Sure. And I get that it's ambient and kind of emotional. Yes. But the thing I realized, Uh uh-huh. And I think I think for me it like disenchanted Tom in a way that I realized oh he's just he's just a kid that grew up in California and learned he's how to play the play the guitar trying it yeah uh-huh. that yeah that he's know, just a person too yeah you know he <laughs> the magic of Blink is yeah. the the a perfect storm and the yeah. best ingredients yes the it's all of them the thing that's special about yeah. Blink is that yeah. Is this like... It's all of them together, right time, right place. The beat, the open fifths and riff sound of Tom and his the timbre of his voice, but also like the deepness of Mark and like these these bass lines. And those serve... You don't think of those as the spotlight necessarily, especially if you're into Tom DeLonge. You don't think of those as the spotlight but those serve to contrast what he's doing yeah, and sort of provide, you know, something that it needs that context. Yeah. So for me, it's yeah. like, 
listening to Angel Angels and Airwaves versus listening to something that like to this day I can still I'm like oh this person's special yeah for me it took away the special yeah and a lot of people would disagree with me okay um I I've I've read so many people who just think Angels and Air, Airwaves is the best thing in the world sure yeah and I you know I still growing up loved the timbre of his voice even though sure. it's annoying to most people yeah. like it was special to me i mean i listened to some of the new angels and airwaves record in preparation for this episode i thought it was super cool it worked like, i it, liked it a lot there's still stuff that works oh of course yeah yeah i mean he's a good musician he's a creative person there's yeah. no question he's super talented yeah yeah but i do but, believe that angels and our airwaves shows his limits interesting it, sh- it, it, it draws a bold box around what he Sure. Can, can I don't know I, I don't think it's fair to say can do right but does for what he does whereas if you listen to well, let's bring it back to my cam because sure man they're just so good yeah yeah listen to like the Black Parade versus Danger Days or uh-huh. the Black Parade versus their previous album uh-huh. it's like they're ne- like the next album is like oh my God what are they gonna do yeah the next Angels album it's like I know what they're gonna do oh, yeah. and I'm either gonna like it or not yeah you know sure. No, that that makes sense. So, in other words, you know what to anticipate. Sure, there, he's not going to take a hard left and open fifths, ambient, and trying yeah. to keep it emotional and yeah. and about space airy, in some and way. about space, yeah. space in some way, yeah. space and love, space and love. Yeah. Uh, so he does. They do. We don't need to whisper in two thousand six. They come out with a record called I Empire in two thousand seven. I don't know if you listen to that. Um, a little bit in two thousand eight. Blink Reunion happens. Yes. Right? They get back together. They put out a record called Neighborhoods. I bought it. Okay. I jammed it. Yep. I listened to um, it a little bit. I didn't listen to it a ton. They put out... So just by way of keeping it brief, they put out Neighborhoods and Dogs Eating Dogs EP during yeah. their little like mm-hmm. reunion thing. Um, 2008. What's a bummer about the reunion is the reason they re- reunited yes. was over Travis Barker and... Uh, I forget, like I a know. producer or something yeah. he was with, being the only two people who survived a plane crash. Yeah. So it was this like br- real brush with death. It was real like, oh, we need to, we need to, we need to get over our we need differences. To get over this bullshit. And, and it probably should have been, we need to just be, be friends, friends again. Friends again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And this is probably me reading into it and like sure. insight that like may be completely inaccurate. Yeah. I remember when that's Blake, what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Blink got back together, yeah. watching videos of live shows of them playing, sure. and it seemed like Tom was super drunk every show. Really? It seemed like he had been drinking way too much. Interesting. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, he doesn't want to be there. Well, I do remember reading uh, when I was doing research. I did like a fair amount of research for this episode, even though it won't seem like it. But uh, I, I just have all this in Right. Me. <laughs> you just already know this. Yeah. I had to look into Tom DeLonge. Uh, but nevertheless, I've, I do... I, do I rem- had a problem. Yeah. I do remember reading that he had some sort of like... He battled some sort of addiction mm-hmm. um, with... Yeah, I, I mean, it might have been alcohol, but it was also some sort of pills or, or some sort of medication or sure, something like yeah. that. I, kn- um, I knew about the alcohol, but not the pills. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was, yeah. Um, So nevertheless, it could have been during that time. But Neighborhoods was, what was your takeaway from Neighborhoods? I didn't dig into it as Um, deeply as earlier Blink stuff, so so, I don't really um, know. It it had something that like, you know, in my opinion, Angels and Airwaves didn't have. Sure. Or Plus 44, which was Mark Yeah, which was Mark Hoppus's, yeah. Um, Just because the the ingredients were there. Yeah. 
but Jerry Finn wasn't there. Oh, interesting. And you could yeah. tell. Oh. Um, because there was no wrangling. Did you know that at the time when you were listening uh, to it? I did, yeah. Uh, nerd. Um, no, yeah. But um, it's plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves made an album together. That's very interesting. It's not... It's not there blank. are blank moments. Right. But Jerry Finn is able to say, this is what's great about your idea. This yeah. is what's great about your idea. Yeah. Let's... Let's make a delicious sandwich. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. All right. So neighborhoods Peanut and... Peanut butter and mustard sandwiches. <sighs> just doesn't fly. Yeah. Even though both those ingredients are good. Neighborhoods and Dogs Eating Dogs EP uh, come out after the Blink, uh, the Blink reunion in 2008. 2015, which is only four years or five years ago now, um, Blink breaks up again. Mark and Travis kick Tom out this time. Because right? he wouldn't tour. Because he wouldn't tour. Yeah. Because he apparently agreed to do Blink-182 as long as it wouldn't interfere with all the other contractual stuff he already had going on. Yeah. Right? But it was also a point where when they broke up, it was to a point where their managers were talking to each other about... That's how they would communicate. Yeah, they weren't talking to each other. Um, yeah. And I think it got to that point again. And apparently it was the case when they were recording either Neighborhoods or Dogs Eating Dogs. They weren't recording together in the same room. They were no. just recording their parts in different parts of the country and sending it to each other yeah. or something like that. It wasn't like a full functioning band. And compare really. that to Blink's arguably best record. Yeah. They gutted a house. They gutted a house and, and stayed there together. The four band members right. got yeah. in there and made an album. Yeah. Um, that Jerry Finn stuff is um, so interesting. You know, and Blink has gone on to... They, they grabbed the, the guy from Alkaline Trio. Yeah. And uh, it's still... Got some of that nostalgia. Um, so I this, watched one of the the, the they just released a new album. I watched yeah. one of the videos. And I'm okay. like, it's called Cal, not California. That was the last one. Yeah, it's, they've had uh, two. It's multicolored on the front of it. I don't know what nine? it's called. Yeah, nine maybe. maybe. Uh, but nevertheless, I like it's Matt Skiba, right? Is that how you yeah. say his name? Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, I like him a lot. I know this is not a Blink 182 episode, but the thing I listened to part of California, like I listened to it through a couple times or something like that. The thing I am bummed about with him getting Matt Skiba, he's doing an impersonation. He's doing an impersonation, but not only that, he's doing background vocals. I wanted it to be Mark Hoppus and Matt Skiba are now the singers of Blink no, 182. No, it was that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what do you mean? He they they did that. You just can't tell. Right, right. Because it right. doesn't sound like Matt Skiba. No, it doesn't. No, I he, know. He that. sang verses and choruses. Did he by really? Himself. Yeah. It sounds like he's singing like he, Mark. You can't tell. It sounds like the same guy. Yes. I thought it was just he was doing backup for Mark Hoppus now. No. Really? No. Why would you do that? What are you doing? He has an amazing voice. Alkaline Trio's killer. He has a super interesting... And I think the new album feels more like Okay. Him. Well, I'll have to give that a listen then, because um, I would love Matt Skiba and Mark Hoppus in a, in a, in a band together. But, yeah. You know. Um, anyway, this is not a Blink-182 episode. And I think episode, part of it, so. it... The part of it is that they're just... I think Matt Skiba has a very specific voice. Yeah. And I think they're writing all the songs to Mark and Tom's key to be a nerd. Yeah, sure. I think, no, sure. I think Mark is deep. Yeah. Tom is high. Yep. I think Matt Skiba is in the middle. Yeah. And I think Matt Skiba is being forced to go high. And I think it's not, it, it's like the the rich parts of his voice are just being. That's a real shame because Alkaline Trio was fucking amazing. Anyway, yeah, they were good. All right. So uh, let's talk about. Um, we gotta we gotta take a shift. We talked about Angels and Airwaves, yeah. and we can talk about them more. Let's talk about his non musical stuff. Yeah. Let's dig into this. Let's get weird with it. Because he got weird with it. He did. So 
Tom DeLong likes aliens, right? Ha- Always has. I liked aliens as a kid because he sure. liked aliens. Of course. Aliens are cool. Aliens exist was an like yeah. on one of his amps he had yes. it on ta- taped on an aliens, aliens exist. exist. Yes. And that was an, that was one of their songs. I, I got a tattoo of an alien right now. Like I like aliens. But he likes aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so what I mean by that is he is super into ufology or however you want to say it. Um, the study of ufology. Yeah, ufology. He's into like paranormal research a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all sort of outer space X Files y type stuff, but right. he is very much a believer in yes. um, extraterrestrial life and mm-hmm. the fact that we have made contact with extraterrestrial life already. Yes. Right? He mm-hmm. very much believes this stuff. Yeah. And that's an interesting and complicating factor for me. It's complicated. <laughs> when we're talking about Tom DeLonge, who I generally like and I'm a fan of. Yes. Thoughts about this? What do you think? Here's what's complicated about yeah, it. Yeah, what's complicated about it? This isn't Tom in a vacuum. Okay. This is Tom working with ex-CIA, yeah. people who used to work for the government. Sure. So many people who have been in the rooms where things happen. Right. And they're all investing time, money, and energy into his company. Yes. Why? What does that mean? I'm not saying that aliens yeah. exist. Right, right, right. Oh, and good. I'm I'm, I'm le- so excited where this is going. I'm less on on the side of he's just cracked. And I sure. feel like that's where you are. Oh, interesting. Okay. Not that I don't think he's cracked. Okay. Um not that I th- don't think that he may have some like um what whatever it is that makes people like feel like conspiracies are just true. Sure. Um, maybe he has that. Yeah. At the same time, he's working deals with people who who have been in rooms where things have happened. So let me ask you what you've read that he's done. Okay, hold um, on. I got some stuff to pull. Yeah, up. if you have some stuff, I would love to talk about specifics because yeah. this is where I mean, when we started talking about doing a Tom DeLonge episode, I knew we would talk about Blink and nostalgia and all this stuff and how meaningful he's been to me, but also more so to you. But at the same sure. time, this is where I put the majority of my like actual work into this was to look into this type of stuff. Yeah. So I'm super curious. Um, Okay, so um, and I don't have an axe to grind, but I want to dig into this. Yeah. So here, uh, to the Stars Academy. Yes. Um, is his company? Yes. They're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of stuff. Um, media stuff. Yep. Um, working with now the army. So the United States Army just partnered with, with to the Stars Academy. Yeah. Um, here, here's an article. Let me just read a little bit of it. Okay. In 2017, the Pentagon confirmed the existence of a program that existed from 2007 to 2012, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, that was dedicated solely to the investigating reports of UFO sightings. Yeah. Which could be anything. Sure, of which course. Which could be... UFO. Yeah. Unidentified. Yeah, sure. The Navy then verified the authenticity of a declassified 2015 video released by Tom DeLong. Um, featuring a bizarre encounter between Navy pilots and a high-speed, low-altitude, unidentified flying object. Yeah. Um, this April, the Navy confirmed it was drafting a fleet-wide message to establish guidelines for pilots and other military personnel yeah. to report UFO sightings, the culmination of a surge in what the Navy called a series of intrusions by advanced aircraft on uh, Navy car- uh, carrier strike groups. Yeah. Um, now, the the Army has joined the extraterrestrial fray in a big way, 
inking a contract with To The Stars Academy uh-huh. to collaborate in the study of exotic metals that both parties <laughs> hope will lead to development of advanced technologies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and it goes on to talk about these acquired metals and yeah, what, what right. this could mean. Yeah. Um, then there's another... This is this is army times. And then, uh, vice did another article essentially saying that the, the, whoever's inked this deal with the army has now been quoted saying this is a low risk deal for us. Sure. This isn't like, no, you know, chill. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not like this is where all our funds are going. It's like, yeah, we partner with a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of the people that we are, you know, we do a lot of stuff, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah. And I'm a firm believer that these divisions exist. Mm-hmm. I think there are unidentified things that we see. Of course. Outside of America. Sure. The United States military is mm-hmm. going to see things flying around that's not theirs. Right. Um, is that aliens? Right. I don't know. Probably not. Right. Um, am I open to that? Why not? I love movies. I mean, that's the... Okay, so that's the interesting thing, right? And that's... As I dug into this, so I'm very I'm very interested in, in sort of um, conspiracy theory busting and sure. skepticism and things like this. Are there non-terrestrial life forms in the universe? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a big universe. It's very big. I don't even understand how big it is, right? Yeah. They're probably self-replicating something somewhere. That being said, what's interesting to me about this is that the sort of jump that folks will make, and that it seems to me like Tom DeLonge has been making for a long time, right? of here's something we don't understand, to, or here's something we can't identify. Not even we don't understand. We don't know enough to know whether we understand it. Here's something we can't identify to, therefore, it's a non-terrestrial life form that is advanced, right? right? Mm-hmm. That is one hypothesis that is about the most exotic, right? Yeah. That's the most exotic hypothesis you can come up with and things like that. And he, he like, um, To the Stars, which is his his thing, has, it has buy-off, or, or one of the guys who founded it with him, his name is Harold Puthoff, or Puthoff? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But he's an engineer. I mean, he has some, like, legitimate credentials, but he's an engineer, and he's also a, what they call, parapsychologist he seems uh, just in my little bit of reading on him he seems either to be a charlatan just a complete snake oil salesman or he's just incredibly like naive um he believed that this guy called yuri geller was a psychic in the 60s um he was also involved in scientology back in the day and all this stuff so like the guy who founded to the stars with him is involved in the stuff that's kind of fringe and, right. and stuff like that if not just explicitly supernaturalist and you know yeah. pseudo-religious so to me that's not like disqualifying for what he's doing some of the stuff he's talking about with like exotic metals it's interesting there are interesting claims yeah. being made but it does f- throw up a red red flag for me where sure. I'm like, you know what i'm saying yeah and that kind of thing and so i i think it's interesting that tom DeLong sort of and this is how i want to tie it to creativity because mm-hmm. um we're talking about creativity I, it, it's weird to me that Tom DeLong would sort of tie that in with his creativity, which I feel like he does. He does. I feel like he ties his the view, books, the movies, the yeah, music. Yeah. And so the notion that like creativity can be tied in with scientific discoveries or technological developments, that they, those can all be wrapped together, 
is sort yeah. of a red flag for me. Right? Like, well, sure. I mean, do you it, know what I mean? It makes it it makes it feel like yeah. If you legitimately felt like you were getting ready to uncover something that no one's ever uncovered before, right? Forget about making a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't worry about the movie. Yeah, like, but he seems to see all of this as different threads of one sort of project. Yeah. So, like, I have a um, I got a quote here. So, um. He just likes this stuff. He likes this stuff. So he says, uh, what I've always said is that Angels and Airwaves was setting out to do was to be a transmedia art project. He says, I was interested in Angels not being thought of as a band, but as an art project that would take these themes and communicate them on transmedia. We'll take a subject, put together an album, a movie, books, and animation, and all these different things depending on what it was. Right? He, that was in an like, alternative press interview from earlier this or earlier last year so it just sounds like he has a lot of interest it sounds like he has a lot of interest and he has these themes that he returns to right i mean it's space it's aliens it's you know aeronautics it's scientific it's sci-fi to an extent (laughs) to an extent you know what i mean but he kind of he's wrapped this in in way i don't think he's i don't think he's full of shit he believes this stuff yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not doubting that he believes it. Well, I mean, he's he's, sure. he's put a lot of time and his own money into this stuff. He absolutely has. Yeah, most definitely. And I don't know. I don't have any big point about that. No, I mean, it's, just, it's, like, it's just it's just strange. It's strange. Strange yeah. times. Um, does that influence how you? Uh, how much did this element of him influence how you saw him when you were younger? I guess when you were like looking up to him, or did you think about it that much? Less so. I. I yeah. I've, I don't know, like, I feel like part of being older, like, I feel like affected me more looking sure. up to, like, it's like, oh, so he's just a guy that, like... <laughs> so almost like his musical evolution did that more than the alien stuff. No, I, I think the aliens kind of, like, were, like, the next notch in the belt of, like, yeah. oh, he's just playing perfect fifths and he's not, he, the, oh, drum, the drum, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> just making him just like a person. He's just a person. And until he until he like finally discovers aliens, whatever. Oh right. <laughs> I mean if he I mean if he comes up with some non terrestrial life forms, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm not I'm not against that at all. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I follow him on, on Instagram. Sure. Now. Yeah. And uh it's just weird. Oh yeah? <laughs> You're seeing your seeing your childhood hero kind of get older and like Yeah weird yeah <laughs> sure i mean he has leaned into the being weird thing like yeah which is fine i mean i yeah i'm, I'm on board for that be weird so like, i mean but there is there is a part of me that like will just defend the dude of course to the death yeah i feel like he was part of me growing up was him yeah i get um, that include you know more that's that's the same for everybody but sure. like I think for me specifically, and us specifically, growing up where we did, yeah. he represented something to me. I, I on t- we would go on tour, and people would like you're from Kentucky. Why don't you speak the? Why don't you right. have an accent? Yep, it's because of Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus. Yeah, definitely. I mirrored how they spoke mm-hmm. um, because they represented. Yeah, and we did it consciously. Consciously, it was like on purpose. We would do that. Yeah. So yeah. we we and it's still the case. I mean, I still talk differently than I would have if we hadn't done that yeah. when we were children. You know sure. what I mean? I have a Kentucky accent, I'm sure, but like at the same yeah. time, it's not what it would have been. No, uh, if we hadn't tried to push against it and subvert it. 
uh, yeah. because of Blink-182. Yeah. It is interesting when you, I mean, and that's the sort of interesting thing is that when you have sort of childhood heroes and then you eventually, inevitably, sort of depart from yeah, whatever like they are. He, rep- I mean? he represented a thing that I kind of arguably achieved on my own sure. terms. Yeah. Uh, which was leaving a small town, f- yeah. finding a life of my own, sure, finding interests and and passions and yeah, and so I mean that's that's super cool. Like it becomes about now. It's just those things are just about you. Yes, they're not about trying to be someone else, right? Tom DeLonge or otherwise, right? Right, but you use those sort of examples as goals that you're shooting mm-hmm. at and then eventually your path veers off theirs yeah you're not an alien enthusiast Thank, thanks to alien yeah. th- thanks to angels and airwaves <laughs> thanks to angels and airwaves <laughs> exactly i um, don't hate angels and airwaves no i like angels and airwaves they're but, fine yeah, yeah they're fine um they're not bad they had a couple songs on there that i was like these are dope these are cool songs like yeah. i like these these are cool yeah you know? he, he, um, he taps into like that emotion that you yeah it feels good for sure yeah and some of those i mean it's like so, it's like you too but not as good yes exactly <laughs> yeah it is yeah it very much is uh he also has he's involved in like i said he wrote a, chi- a children's book he also has some like sort of history channel style show coming out yeah about aliens or something i had yeah. the name of, i put my notes away at this that point, was a red but, flag for me too uh yeah of course yeah the history channel Hashtag if it's not ancient a, aliens if it's not about world war ii then it's probably fiction like yeah <laughs> all their shows are my mom loves ancient aliens oh yeah yeah i like ancient aliens too but i i, I have to i pause it like 15 minutes in yeah and well there's just or 50 every 15 seconds i'll pause and be like actually here's the here's there's just something. Here's what they're though, forgetting. Like, and then, the reason we love fiction. Yeah. And I'll be the first to say that I'm not going to definitively say that aliens yeah, sure. weren't here before us. Because sure. like yeah. I'm not a I'm not a You don't know that for I sure. I don't know that for yeah, sure. Sure, of course. I have my <laughs> I mean <laughs> I have some educated guess. That's the guesses. wildest hypothesis, but <laughs> yeah. it's not impossible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's just more fun. Yeah, sure. It's it is. just more fun. Yeah. To think that mm-hmm. we've made contact with aliens. Yeah. iPhones, Siri is some yeah. sort of alien technology. Of course. Like, yeah. It is more fun. I always, uh, um, when I'm undercutting the History Channel, I always, when I'm telling my classes, I'm talking about I'm teaching like Judaism or something. Uh, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I was probably 15 or something. I was watching the History Channel, and they were talking about the the Israelites escaping Egypt, right? And right. like Moses like splits the Red Sea, and they run through the sea, and blah 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 blah. And the History Channel was talking about what could have happened. Like they were taking it at face value that this had happened, and they were like, "What could have possibly happened?" And they were like. Maybe one hypothesis is that <laughs> aliens came down and split the sea in half, and then the it's Israelites. Like, went, it's, it's like, like we like, don't believe in God miracles, <laughs> yeah, right. but it had to have happened somehow. But clearly, yeah. someone wrote that story and down. I remember just being like, "This is the History Channel right now. Like, yeah. can't we just say it didn't happen? Isn't that yeah. easier? Like, it's just in a book, can't or just- or is it just like someone like wrote a story or maybe whatever. somebody wrote this down." And they wanted it to mean the thing. So we know that Peter Parker didn't develop the technology that it says in the books. But how did that happen? <laughs> how did he swing from building to building? According to um, Sam Raimi, it came out of his. <laughs> it came, it came, came right. 
I love Sam Raimi. I love the Spider-Man yeah, movies. Sure. Organic web shooters. Yeah. Gross. Gross as hell. <laughs> That's gross, Sam that Raimi. Gross. All right. So we've gone on a tangent, but uh, Tom DeLong, very influential for for both of us. You more than me, certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'll rate him first and give you the the honor of closing us out. Yeah, absolutely. So Tom DeLonge is is a cool musician, very like very talented individual, creative guy, has some weird interests. I'm gonna give him eight point five out of ten uh, skateboards because I know he was a skateboarder. He was, and, and that was. He very was big a skater, in that. Boy. Very big in that scene. So eight point five out of ten. The only reason I'm docking him one point five is because of his his weird sort of post truth. That's pretty high. I didn't expect ideology. you to give him an eight point five. I like him a lot. Like I have yeah. a. I I don't like. I never uh, uh, idealized him or anything. But at the yeah. same time, like I don't have any ill feelings for him. Yeah. Like I I feel <laughs> like my honest rating of like who Tom DeLonge has become f- for me as yeah. an adult. Yeah. Um, is probably even lower than that. Interesting, but I'm not going to okay. rate him that way. Okay, I'm going to rate. Tom well, see, the- here's the, okay. So hold on, before you do that, let me say this. I feel like probably it's lower than that because he means more to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you're harsher on him because he means more to you. I think so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like you would hit him lower than that because I'm like, yeah, whatever. Tom DeLong, eight point five, and you're like, and no, no, it's like I'm, no, you, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand exactly. Yeah. No, anyway. Yeah. He's so. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fifteen years old, sixteen years old. Do it, for a man. Second. Do it. Live that dream. <laughs> I'm gonna rate Tom DeLong. Yeah. As my 15-year-old self. Yeah. 16-year-old self. 16, yeah. 11. Fuck yeah. Single humbucker. <laughs> Seafoam green. <laughs> Fender Stratocasters. God, that guitar was so good. I still have yours oh, that you You do, gave don't me. you? Yeah. yeah so well, good. Travis has it. He's yeah, going to fix it for me. It's so good. Oh, okay. So we got 8.5 and 11 <laughs> out of 10. For Tom DeLong. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, what else can you say? Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Common Creatives Podcast episode yeah. on Tom DeLong. Come back and join us. Reach out to us, by the way. Yeah, send uh, us something. We're a Destination Nation podcast. Go to destinationcomics.com. Reach out to us. Uh check us out on Instagram at Tommy forty five. Top Tommy 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 forty five. Tommy Tommy forty five. I hope that's someone else. I hope we have it wrong, and there really yeah. is just a Tobby forty-five <laughs> yeah. on the internet. So, uh, <laughs> will uh, yeah? Would you concur, Doctor, on our uh, on our <sighs> our our discussion on Mister Thomas Delange? I mean, given the probability of extraterrestrial life in a mostly empty universe, I would have to say that I do concur. Click. <laughs> Thank you for listening, DNN.